Welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. We have allowed ourselves to become so disconnected and ignorant about something that is as intimate as the food that we eat. Be prepared to grow your own for victory. God said I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink foamed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadow lark. So God made a farmer. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornborough, and I'm glad you're joining me again this week. And uh, this week we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to talk about that thing that some people love to talk about, some people hate to talk about, some people think it's what uh, makes the world go round, and other people think it's what destroys the world. And I like to land somewhere in between. It's a necessary, I hate to call it a necessary evil, but it's something we all need, and it's money. Uh, I'm going to talk about eight unconventional ways modern homesteaders can make money and the reason i'm calling it unconventional ways is because i think most people know about the conventional ways the average ways i mean you sell at a farmer's market or you set up a fruit stand or you run a csa or you know you run a little cottage market out of your home or something like that those are the normal ways the the conventional ways the ways that have been done for for many years i want to talk about something a little more modern this is conventional ways modern homesteaders can make money but before we get into that uh, just a few uh updates of what's going on been uh, posting a lot more youtube videos lately so if you're interested in youtube if you like to watch youtube i've been trying to do a little bit more there you know in the past i really haven't done a whole lot there Uh, i've kind of i've kind of neglected it and my uh, subscriber numbers show that but here in the last few weeks i've been posting a lot more videos and i'm gonna try to do a whole lot more over there so if you're interested in watching uh, YouTube videos, make sure you go subscribe to my channel. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Just search Small Town Homestead on YouTube, and I'm sure you'll find it. Or just go to the, uh, the website at smalltownhomestead.com, and there's an icon at the top of the page to connect with this on YouTube. just done a video just this morning on uh, collecting uh, seeds from lettuce. So how to harvest some lettuce seeds. And yesterday, I you know, I talked about it um a few podcasts ago about how I'd put my uh, rabbits in a um, colony uh, last year. And uh, we took them out of the colony and moved them back uh, so I could move them back to cages. And everything that I had fed them throughout that year, pumpkins and zucchinis and and, uh, other squash and melons, and sunflowers, all that stuff is just growing wild in that pen. So I did a video where I kind of showed that pen and how um, everything is just growing. It's even laying up on top of the top of the cage. You got p- big pumpkins laying up on the chicken wire, and and uh, it's pretty neat. I, it's kind of amazed me this year the production that's come out of that uh, old colony pen uh, for the rabbits. But I would, my plan is to put some uh, quail in there uh, soon. So. I'm sure they'll enjoy the what falls to the ground and doesn't make it. I'm going to harvest a bunch of those pumpkins and things out of there, but I've harvested quite a few zucchini out of there already. So anyway, you can check that out on, on YouTube and, and some of the other videos I've been doing. Anyway, back to our topic for the day, eight unconventional ways modern homesteaders can make money. Now, why I want to talk about this. Um, first of all, this was one of four choices I put out on our Facebook group, the uh, Homestead Front Porch. 
go on over and check that out. Just do a search for Homestead Front Porch in Facebook and uh, join our group. It is a closed group, but all you have to do to join is ask. Just re- make a request to join, and we'll get you get you in there. Um, I put a poll up of uh, different topics to do the podcast on, and this one won out. This one uh, won out by far. So uh, here we go. Uh, I think homesteaders, uh, you know, they look for independence and self sufficiency in every area of life. So I think it only makes sense that when it comes to making an income, um, they look at every possible option. And again, they don't only look to the conventional ways of making money, like farmers markets and CSAs, but they take advantage of some of the unconventional money-making options that we have today. Unconventional ways to make money as a homesteader would be those options that are out of the ordinary. Uh, Most were not available a couple decades ago. And these ways are real options. Uh, These ways take advantage of technology. They take advantage of special skills you may have. You know, and, and most of these things I'm going to talk about are something, even if you don't have that skill right now, you could learn it. And uh, with some hard work, you can earn money in some of these ways. So here are just a few of the unconventional ways someone can make money as a homesteader. And some of these you, you may not believe. You might just listen to them and go, well, I don't know if you could make money doing that. But people are. I know people. I'm making money at some of these things, a little bit of money. And I know homesteaders that are making money. Uh, doing some of the others, every one of them. There's nothing in here that I'm going to mention today that I don't know somebody who's not doing it and making some money with it. Not not a lot of money. A couple of them are, but mostly it's just a little money. It's just a supplemental uh, income. So number one, become a homestead blogger. And uh, I know some people say blogs are dead, uh, but try telling that to the folks who are making a significant amount of money blogging. Um, to be sure, not everyone who starts a blog makes money with it. And blogs take a lot of hard work, uh, a lot of time, but I find they can also be a lot of fun. And they build community and no doubt can possibly bring a little money into your homestead. You know, and, and blogs are also a useful platform for some of the other unconventional money-making options I'm going to talk about today. So having a blog really should be the first thing. If you're going to do any of these things, having a blog should be the first thing you do out of all these things. So even if you don't plan on making money with your blog, I personally think it's a great thing to have, and every homesteader, nearly every homesteader, should probably have a blog where they can share their experiences with the world. Um, So how do you make money blogging? I mean, that's the big question, right? Well, Probably the most popular way that folks make money with a blog is through affiliate links. You recommend a product or a service to people, uh, your followers, and some of those people purchase the product or service or services based on your recommendation. And you get paid a commission for those purchases. All of the money I've ever made with a blog has been done through, well, almost all of it has been done through affiliate links. It's just, it's... It's a really easy, common thing to make money with. Amazon is probably the easiest and most common uh, affiliate we use. It it pays the a pretty low percentage, but it, it pays out frequently, and it's easy because they have everything. I mean, you can get anything through Amazon nearly. Um, but if you can get direct affiliate links with companies, they usually pay a much higher percentage. Now... The, when you use affiliate links, it doesn't cost the customer anymore. If somebody clicks on a link on your page, it generally doesn't cost, it never, as far as I know, ever costs, sometimes even gets discounts through that page for the for the buyer. It doesn't cost them anymore, 
and you'll get a percentage of that sale. So it's a way that your your readers, your followers can contribute to you helping you maintain the blog or your homestead and not have to actually take any money out of their pocket. It'd be the stuff they buy anyway. They could buy it through your Amazon. And by the way, uh, if you purchase anything through Amazon on my blog, <laughs> again, it does support uh, our homestead and this and this podcast and my blog. So uh, I always appreciate that, and several people have, and I really appreciate it. Uh, a second way you make money blogging is through advertising. And this is you just essentially use space on your blog to run ads. Some ads will pay you a little just for displaying the ads, while others only pay or pay more when someone actually clicks on the ad. And I actually have a couple ads on my blog through AdSense and others that will generate a little bit of money. Now, I find they don't generate very much. Uh, that's I, Like I said earlier, I, most of my money comes through affiliates. Very, very small percentage comes through advertising. But it's, it's worth having there, especially the more traffic you get, the better chance you have of making money through that. Um, another way you can make money with a blog is through sponsored posts. Um, bloggers receive payment to publish an article provided by the sponsor or written by the blogger, but it includes a link to a specific product or company. Um, some of these pay pretty good, and I've had people offer to pay me for sponsored posts, to put sponsored posts on my blog, and I've turned a, I've turned all of them down so far. And not because I'm above having a sponsored post on my blog, but I have to believe in the product. It has to be a product I know and use and will stand behind. I won't just put anything on there. Uh, which I'll talk about more in a minute uh, when it comes to uh, blogging practices. Um, let's talk for a second about how to start a blog. Now, starting a blog might sound a lot harder than it is. Basically, if you can use Facebook with any sense of proficiency, then you can build a blog. Um, there are free platforms out there to use, but I recommend spending a few bucks a month to build one. You'll be able to do so much more with it. You'll have more control over the blog and it'll be just a lot better in the long run. But I do know some people who have very successful blogs on free platforms. I really only recommend two things when it comes to building your blog. I recommend you use WordPress. A lot of people are out there using Blogger. I don't like Blogger. I like WordPress as the platform. And I use Bluehost. And I think there's other good hosting companies out there, but I use Bluehost, and they treat me well, so that's the one I'm going to recommend. So I would suggest you use WordPress, and Bluehost as your hosting company. Um, Bluehost is the place where you'd park your files. They're the host. And um, WordPress is the platform in which you'll build the blog. And there's there's a lot of YouTube, really good YouTube videos out there with step-by-step -step instructions on how to use it. And most people have no trouble at all. You don't even really have to see a video. It's pretty self-explanatory when you get in there. Um, if you choose Bluehost as your host, it has an option to install WordPress as the platform right from the beginning, making it even all that much easier. So, um, by the way, I'm going to have links to all the things I'm talking about today, uh, services and, and, and things like that, uh, information, documents, things like that I'm going to talk about today are in the show notes for this podcast. Uh, so just go to the show notes. Let's talk about some best blogging practices. Number one, you need to be honest on your blog. You should be honest on your blog. And what I mean by that is just be authentic. Don't try to pretend you're somebody you're not. 
what makes you special is that you are you. You know what? There's a lot of homesteaders out there writing about the exact, the exact same things. But what makes a person read your blog is that you are who you are. Your experiences make you who you are. The way you write, the, the, the person you are. That's why they read your blog. They can get information anywhere. So just be you. Uh, just be honest. Uh, share, be authentic and share your story and, and what you're doing. People will appreciate that. Now, that's not to say you can't do research and write about things perhaps you haven't done. I, I do that occasionally. And I'm going to, right here in this podcast today, I'm going to talk about some things I haven't done. But I've researched it. I've talked to people who have done it. And I feel like I have a little bit of authority in being able to talk about it today because I've talked to people who do do these things. So um, you can do that, but just be honest about it. You don't have to make a front like you are doing these things. Um, Be ethical. Only support what you believe in. And would do or use yourself Uh, you can make money blogging but don't let money control your blog it would be my advice don't be a sellout make your content original don't uh i'll put this in quotes borrow word for word paragraphs from other bloggers i see that a lot just be ethical uh also a good practice is to write with some consistency uh, try your best to hold some sort of writing schedule. If you only write when you feel like it, you might find it's going to take you a long time to build up a significant amount of content on your blog. So try to hold to some kind of schedule, whether it be once or twice or three times a week or whatever. Whatever it is, uh, just try to hold to a schedule and put something out, or you may never uh, get enough content there to make it valuable to readers. And I would also say post an abundance of original pictures. You know, I think a picture really is... Uh, worth a thousand words i love to read blog posts that have pictures in them because you you can not only just read what's going on you can see some pictures of what's going on people love to see what's going on at your homestead and not just read about it again don't borrow other folks pictures without permission i mean we all use pictures that belong to other people but get permission before you do that or get them from a site where the pictures are free or you've paid for them but the best thing to do is just take a lot of pictures. I know in the early days of blogging, I've been blogging for a few years. I've been blogging on on uh, homesteading topics for a couple years, but I had blogs long before that. And I remember I would use a lot of pictures that weren't mine that I would pay for or get from free sites, things like that. I find, though, now I'm taking pictures every day I with my phone. I've got my phone in my garden. i got my phone in my garage. i got my phone everywhere with me. And... I'm getting better at it. I still don't take as many as I'd like to, but I take a few pictures every day of something I'm doing. And then you may not use those pictures right away, but just save them and you might use them later. Um, But take lots of pictures, post lots of pictures. But those are just a few practices that might help you uh, run a successful blog. And uh, it's not easy to make money blogging. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of writing. It takes a lot of content. Uh, It takes a lot of interaction on social media. to promote your posts but i'll tell you it's a lot of fun i i have a lot of fun and i've met some good people uh made some friends through my blog so it's it's worth doing even if you don't make a lot of money with it and there's there's a few people who make a lot of money with their blog but there's a very few most people make a little with their blog so you know you don't want to get your hopes up too high on a blog but having a blog will help you build a platform 
for some of these other things. Uh, number two, one was building, building a blog. Number two, put your homesteading experiences on YouTube. That's right. It's true. If uh, you can put up enough videos and get enough subscribers that will watch your videos, you can make a significant amount of money from YouTube. This works by monetizing your videos through ad placements. And, you know, it's really hard to pin down a specific formula for how many views it takes to get paid and how much it pays because everything I read just points you back to the same answer. So it just depends on how viewers interact with the ads, how long they watch the ads, if they click on the ads, those kind of things. So it's just really hard to nail down. But there are a lot of people making a... There's people making a full-time income from, from YouTube, even some homesteaders. And there's many of them making a very significant uh, income from YouTube. So, yeah, put your experiences on YouTube. You know what? You're out there doing those things anyway. And it is a little bit more work to you know pull out a camera and have somebody film you or film yourself. But it can pay. Um, and you know what? For some folks, being on camera seems to come natural. And you know what? They can show the simplest of things they're doing in their garden, and they can make it entertaining. But for the rest of us, <laughs> we have to work at it a bit to be sure uh, the more you do it, the better you get at it. Being on video, uh, video editing will get easier, and all that together will make it less painful for others to watch, and we'll get you more subscribers. Um, I feel like I can do video. It just takes me a long time to do video. It's what's kept me from, from doing a lot of stuff on YouTube because it's video editing is the most time consuming uh, stuff, you know, but I find I'm doing a lot less editing these days and I'm just rolling with it. Whatever I say, I say, whatever I do, I do. And I might cut out big mistakes or something, but mostly I just let it roll and then just post it. Uh, so you know, if people don't like it or like it, that's up to them, I guess. And but that may not be the approach you want to take. I mean, you want you might want to say, "I'm gonna I'm gonna do some really high quality stuff. I want to turn this YouTube channel into an income," and which you might want to spend a little bit more time on it. Um, I will post a link if you don't have a YouTube channel already and are doing videos. I'm gonna put a link in the show notes to a place a, a website that tells you how to make a YouTube channel, so you can get that set up. And you know what? It doesn't have to be anything fancy. You can whip out most of the videos I take. I just pull out my little Samsung Note uh, or Galaxy Note 3 and I hold it up and I do a video. And it comes out pretty decent. You know, I mean, it, it, isn't, it, it isn't really high quality, but it's decent. And that's all it has to be. Or you can put a lot of work into it and turn it into something great. Um, number three, share your homesteading knowledge through e-courses. Uh, many homesteaders are teaching the world their knowledge and skills through e-courses uh, that they put together and sell. And you know what? This is a win-win uh, money-making option for both the homesteader and the person purchasing the course. A lot of people are wanting to learn, uh, learn homesteading skills. And an e-course is a great way to teach those skills. And, you know, there are many ways to go about making and selling an e-course. Some are easier than others, and some cost money up front to design the course, but they all have the potential to provide a generous, unconventional income to the homesteader who does it well. And that's the key, doing it well. My philosophy is on courses, and on a lot, really everything I'm going to talk about, is give people more value than what they're paying for. If you sell a course that 
for 50 bucks, it ought to be a hundred dollar course. I believe in giving people value, extra value. That's my philosophy. So I say, do it, do it well, do it very well. Um, there's a lot of, uh, e-course building options out there. Uh, Udemy, Coursecraft, Teachable are a few. I'll put links to those in the show notes. Um, some of them you have to pay up front. Some of them you don't. You A percentage just comes off as you sell them, sell your courses. Some of them are easier to use than others. Uh, there's other ones out there besides those three that I just uh, mentioned. But, uh, yeah, find one that works well for you. And if you've got something to teach, teach it through an e-course. And uh, you know what? They're hot right now. People are... People are going through courses and, and, and they're learning a lot of stuff. And it's, you know what, it's a good thing. People think, well, you can learn whatever you want to learn on YouTube and you can, but the time it might take you to sit down and watch hours upon hours upon hours of YouTube videos and searching for the right videos. And then the possible bad information you're going to get in videos, you know, a lot of courses are 10, 20, 30 bucks and it can be worth it to pay that little bit of money to go straight to the answer and to, to learn that skill directly. And not have to just spend you know weeks or days and weeks of your life trying to find the answer and to do it, learn it right. So you know it's it's a real win for people who are wanting to learn about homesteading, and it's a real win for for folks who are teaching as well because it is a it is a very real way uh, to make money for your homestead. Uh, number four, teach and inspire others through books and eBooks. Writing an ebook or a book rather can be a very time consuming task to take on, but it can have a good payoff if it's of value to your audience that you're marketing it to. There was a time when getting a book published was a major task. That was the most difficult thing about writing a book was getting it published. But that is not even an issue at all nowadays because there's something called self publishing and it's a very real and a very viable option. And uh, many homesteaders are writing about what they know and their experiences. Uh, and they're not doing this just for money. They're doing this to make the world a better place. They're doing it to help others change their lives. And yes, they're doing it to make some money as well. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, now, you can write them in books. You can make them into ebooks. I think both are well. Both have their place. There's a few options out there for self-publishing in whatever uh, book format you, you choose you can go through amazon self-publishing for kindle lulu.com is one i've used before create space blurb.com there's a few of them out there that do uh, self-publishing again these links are in the show notes and uh, they make it real easy real easy to to make an actual paper book or or an ebook and you can make money like i said if it's a value if it's a value to your customers you can make some decent money putting together a book, but again, it's one of them time-consuming things. Uh, number five, sell designs, patterns, and plans for homestead projects. Now, this up front can take a lot of work. It really can. But if you have a good idea and a good design, then selling the plans for, for such a design can have a great payoff. Um, now, you can pay someone else to put the blueprints together, or you can learn to do it yourself with some CAD software. You know, the best software programs out there are really, really expensive. But there are some decent free options out there as well to to do. Now, they take a while to learn. So if you, if you don't want to take the time to learn and design your own things, then you might be better off spending some money. And it can be a significant cost to have blueprints done up. Um, but if you got the time and you feel like 
you have enough uh, computer literacy uh, and skills to learn a CAD program. Uh, finding one like FreeCAD is a good one uh, for, for putting some projects together. And you can actually sell those those designs, those blueprints, uh, for whatever it is you've put together. Um, I've known people who have designed, uh, say, a wrap that goes around a barrel that has all the uh, the markings already for, like, to cut, like, a plastic barrel. And then you would cut out those um, places to pull them out. And you'd fill that up with dirt, and it's a planter. You can make it into a planter. And and I've seen a, a like something you would wrap around the barrel that has those cutouts where you just basically mark it with a marker, and then you can take that off and then cut it. Has all the cutouts for you on the barrel. I mean, things like that are just genius. And you know, I've seen a lot of stuff like that. Well, if you've built something, it's kind of unique. You can put some plans together. And now it doesn't have to be just like projects. I mean, there's people who sell designs for say sewing patterns. For an example, or think about this, even meal plans. I mean, I've seen homesteaders that put together these organic meal plans uh, for healthy eating and they sell those. I I mean, it just depends on your customers, uh, your audience and what you could sell to them and what you are good at. So you just have to, you know, brainstorm, think about these. It might come natural to you right now. You might be thinking of 10 things that you could do that with, or you may have to brainstorm and think of that. This may not be the thing for you. But this is a very real thing, and there are homesteaders making money doing this through this unconventional way. Number six, homestead consulting. Now, uh, maybe helping people one-on-one is a gift for you. And being a consultant to someone on homestead projects, it's within your wheelhouse of skills. Then again, maybe not. I mean, this is not one for everybody. I think it takes a special kind of person to work one-on-one with with somebody but if if this is in your wheelhouse then being a consultant is a real option for you your advice can be worth a lot of money in the right situation to somebody it could possibly prevent someone from making a mistake in their homesteading plans that could cost them thousands of dollars Uh, many people who take pdc courses for for example that's a permaculture design course are taking this path as a way to make an income I just read I just read an article, and I think she wrote it a while back, but Amy from 10th Acre Farm. And it, I think it was a, like three reasons you might want to hire a permaculture consultant or something. I, I'm probably hacking up the title. Um, but go to 10thacrefarm.com and look that up, uh, permaculture. She's, she's took a PDC before, so she knows a lot about this stuff. And it was a great article. It was one of the best articles I've ever read on her site. I thought it was really, really good. You know what, I'll find that article and I will put that in the show notes because uh, that it's a good article. I think you should read it. And a lot of people are, are going that path. They're they're taking a PDC. They're, they're putting in a lot of time. Maybe they're doing a lot of free projects and they're building up a portfolio of, uh, of giving advice and, and doing uh, design on folks' property. And then at some point they start launching into a business and they decide that they've had enough training and they've had enough experience to where they can start charging for it and you know it's a it's a good business to get into it really is uh, because the right person can save uh, a customer thousands of dollars and it doesn't have to be on like a permaculture design course maybe you just know a lot about raising a certain livestock or you're a master gardener Uh, whatever your specialty is there's there's a possible market for your knowledge if you've got the experience and you've got the training and you can share that with somebody else and save them money that's worth a consultant fee so 
consider that. It's a very real, very viable uh, way to make an income as a homesteader. Number seven, teach homesteading skills classes. This one has been around for a long time. People, people have done this for years. I recently asked a question in our uh, Facebook group, again, that is the Homestead Front Porch Facebook group, about what homesteading skills uh, folks would most like to learn. And it quickly became a long list. That thread went on and on and on because people are eager to learn. And many are willing to pay to learn basic homesteading skills such as canning or livestock butchering or gardening or foraging. That was a hot one. A lot of people said, I'd love to learn foraging. And you know what? Uh, People, that's a dying skill. Uh, I'm a homesteader, and I spend a lot of time in the woods. But I'll tell you what, there's only a couple of of mushrooms, for example, that I'll eat in the woods. Because I don't know a lot lot of what the other mushrooms are. So that would be willing, I would be willing to possibly pay somebody to teach me how to forage for mushrooms, as an example. Uh, So these are things that you, if you are skilled in any of these things, you can teach these things. And holding classes at your homestead can be a great way for folks to learn and a way to put a little cash in your pocket. So if you've got a a special skill, and don't even have to be a real special skill, like canning, for example, there, there are a huge number of people who just don't know how to can. Uh, their parents didn't do it. Their grandparents didn't pass it down. And they don't know how. And there's this, there's this homesteading movement, as you've noticed. And people are wanting to learn these skills. And it, it, many homesteaders, most homesteaders, know how to can. And you could invite 10 people into your kitchen or 5 people into your kitchen and charge them a little bit of money to show them, spend a day with them and show them how to can. Uh, I don't know what the rates would be. I don't. I don't know what you would charge or what entirely the class would would contain. But that's something you can think about. Something you can work out and yeah, brainstorm on, and possibly come up with some great ideas to make a, a little extra money on your homestead. But I think that's a great one. Um, number eight. Now, this is something that I heard about not too long ago, and I thought, what a great idea. Number eight is host farm tour dinners. Um, now I've seen a few farms doing this lately. What they do is they hire a chef and waiters. They bring in some folks, they set up a long table or several tables. And what they do is they introduce people to the wonderful culinary delights of farm fresh food by hosting an event where folks dine right on the farm. This does a lot. I, I like this because it does a lot to promote fresh organic food, but it can also generate a fair income for the folks who are putting on the event. Uh, if you do a few of them a year, that is, it could definitely add up and, and bring in a significant amount of income. Events like this can be a lot of work because there's a lot of things to, to make sure about. I mean, there's a, there's a checklist that you got to go through and you got to make sure everything is right uh, because, you know, you don't want to get shut down by, by folks who, uh, where you're breaking some rules, you know. Um, but I think if, if, depending on where you live, of course, some places make it easier than other places. But I know this is getting to be a, a kind of a hot item a hot event to do on some farms and and large homesteads there is a i found a pdf document that you should read if if this is something you would ever consider throwing one of these dinners on your homestead you should read this it's a it's put together by the university of vermont um, has some great information on hosting one of these events it talks about some of the regulations and it gives basically a checklist of things you're going to make sure that you're covering 
Now, those regulations are going to vary depending on where you live. But I'm telling you, this document is a great starting place. I think it's like eight pages. Uh, really good. It's going to be in the show notes. If this is definitely ever something you would think about doing, you'll want to go check out that document. But I think it's a great idea. Uh, like I said, it's going to be a, a great benefit to you. Uh, the folks who come to dine are going to have a wonderful experience. And you know what? It's going to do a lot for the homesteading cause and, and organic uh, uh, growers everywhere because as you know, and I know, uh, when you eat organic uh, pasture-raised meats, uh, organic vegetables, eating stuff out of the grocery store never tastes the same ever again. I mean, you realize there's something seriously lacking in those things once you've had the real thing. So I think it's great. I think it's a great for the movement. Um, well, there you have it. Eight unconventional ways modern homesteaders can make money. And don't be limited by the ordinary ways uh, people have always done. Uh, Take advantage of every way you can think of because this makes you more self-sufficient, makes you more sustainable, and have have an assortment of incomes because if any of them ever are cut off for whatever reason, you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. So having multiple income streams is smart and valuable. And and I think that... um, these are some great ways to bring in some money. If you think of some more uh, unconventional ways that homesteaders can make money, uh, throw them in the show notes or come on over to the homestead front porch and uh, leave it there. Uh, we'd love to talk about it. Um, anything that uh, helps homesteaders out, we love to hear about it. So anything to add, be sure and do that. Make sure you uh, head on over to our website, smalltownhomestead.com. Check us out on all of our social media uh, platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, YouTube. Really trying to build up that YouTube channel. If you would, go subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, We're on Instagram. Uh, I think we're pretty much everywhere. Uh, Pinterest. We're in all the places you're supposed to be, right? Uh, But, yeah, go check it out. If any of those are your favorite platforms, you can find us there. But, uh, hey, it's been great being with you again this week. Keep gardening. You know, we still got some gardening left this year to do. Got our fall gardens in. Keep that up. Enjoy your fall weather. Boy, I got up this morning. It was like 50, low 50s out here this morning. It was just beautiful. I love this time of year. I love it. You know, this time of the year is just exciting for us. We'll go do some corn mazes and we'll go to the apple orchards and, you know, we'll go to some of these farm festivals and, and things like that. It's just great times. I, I love spending time with family in the fall. We just enjoy it so much. But it's also just a great time to be out in your garden and work in the soil and, and, and doing some harvesting. Um, it's a great time to take on any of those building projects you might have around your homestead because the weather's cooler and you know it's just it's just a great season. I love it. Uh, winter, not so much for me. I'm not I'm not a big fan of the winter here in Indiana, but love the fall. And until next week, folks. Uh, happy homesteading. God bless. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. To see the show notes for this podcast or listen to other podcast episodes, go to smalltownhomestead.com. There you can also read our blog, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, and take advantage of the many resources we make available to help you along in your homesteading journey. Please share this podcast and help us to carry out our mission of helping others to homestead today for a better tomorrow.